The following is a conversation I had at the Oslo Freedom Forum in Miami on October 4th of this year. I had the privilege of speaking to Nelson Rauda, an El Salvadorian native and journalist at El Faro. To find out more about Nelson, check out elfaro.net, that's E-L-F-A-R-O dot net, or follow him on Twitter at Raudas, that's at R-A-U-D-A-Z underscore. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to When the Music Stops. Today, I am with Nelson Rauda. Nelson, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you uh, for having me, Abid. So, Nelson, you said that you are a journalist, is yes. that right? Yes. And you're from El Salvador. Yes, I'm from El Salvador, and I work at the digital newspaper that's called El Faro. Okay, and I think everyone can hear in your voice that you are genuinely from El Salvador. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I emphasize on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Nelson, you have you lived your whole life in El Salvador? I lived in El Salvador, yeah, 30 years. 30 years. Okay, excellent. And what motivated you to become a journalist? It's kind of a long story. I actually wanted to, to broadcast sports and soccer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so the, but that, then that didn't happen. And then I, I had an internship in one of the uh, uh, biggest Salvadoran newspapers. And then eight years on, I'm here. Uh, so now you're doing journalism. Uh, obviously, El Salvador is a big... Uh, news piece about Bitcoin. Um, a lot of Bitcoiners think that the news is all positive, everything is going perfectly, this is good for Bitcoin. Um, but there are people that are more skeptical, including myself, who aren't entirely sure that everything is good. Tell us what it was like in the last few months, maybe last six months in El Salvador. And you know, let's start there, like six months ago, three months ago, mm. to, to that new law. El Salvador is a political whirlwind uh, all the time. And I think uh, me, as most of Salvadorans, heard, first heard about Bitcoin in June when uh, there was actually an announcement here in Miami uh, that we were going to have a Bitcoin law. And it was an announcement made in English to a foreign audience. And we all were like, five days later, we had the law. Uh, uh, so, so the first time that we heard it was uh, not aimed at Salvadorans, but aimed at uh, foreign investors or so to our American audience, to Bitcoiners. Uh, and not Salvadorans. So that sounds incredibly weird. So if there's a brand new law for El Salvador, what actually happened is that it's being discussed and broadcasted to Americans in the West? Yes. So why? why? <sighs> you, have you ever heard about Nayib Bukele? Uh, <laughs> I, I have, but I'll let you tell me about him. Um, yeah, that's kind of the present in a nutshell. He's... Uh, a shrewd politician, very astute, but who has also elaborated and constructed an authoritarian regime in El Salvador. And from time to time, he does these kind of things that, that bring the whole attention of uh, international attention to him. Uh, he once, in 2019, he took a selfie during his UN speech in the General Assembly of Nations. Uh, so he, 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 he likes the attention and he, and he portrays himself very, uh, in a very smart way, I would say, as, uh, very calculated, very yeah. intentional for the for the masses, for the media. He's a publicist. And He's a publicist, and 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 and, and, and that's that's his main talent, I would say. Uh-huh. Uh This sounds a lot like Donald Trump. I mean, it sounds a little bit not not, not incredible. They were, they, they were really good friends in in, in during a, a conference. I think it was that UN conference in 2019. They said uh, uh, when when Trump was holding the kids up in cages and we had the, the whole crisis in, in, the, in the border, uh, Salvadoran kids, of course, uh, Bukele said that Trump was very nice and cool. Uh, yeah. And so we, that, that kind of st- stuck to us. So it's very similar. I, I would uh, 
there's some comparisons to Trump. Uh, some deem him as a young Bolsonaro. Mm -hmm. uh, some deem him as a Victor Orban in Hungary. And lately, right. the U.S. interim ambassador in Salvador compared him to Hugo Chavez. Right. And he calls himself the coolest dictator in the world yes. on Twitter. Yes. Now, that's very interesting to take something so bad as to be a dictator and spin it in this cute, funny way as though he's not imprisoning journalists in El Salvador. He's not imprisoning journalists yet. Uh, I think we are uh, well on our way. El Faro, where, which is where I work, has several uh, finance uh, ministry audits uh, in process, and we've also been accused of, of, of crimes. Uh, the president said that we were laundering money. The president said uh, the, uh, the government promoted an article that said that we had raped a, a, a fellow journalist. Which is so the government called, uh, El, was it El Faro? El Faro. Uh, they called you rapists. Yes. They called you rapists and then what else did they money say? Money launderers. And rapists and money launderers. Yes. Wow. So uh, it sounds like freedom of the press is not on uh, Naib's uh, list of priorities. Uh, no, not, not as high as Bitcoin, of course, but uh, I'm, I'm actually part of the, the Salvadoran Journalist Association and we keep a, a track record of how many uh, aggressions uh, against journalists occur. Uh, so, so far this year, uh, towards mid-September, we had already counted uh, 187, which was more than w that we had in 2020, which was in, in, in 2020 was more than what we had in 2019. So it's escalating right. and we're keeping record of it. Right. So things are getting worse and worse. So, so when you say an aggression against a journalist, what, what does that mean? It's a dif different kind of categories, uh, goes from digital bullying, goes from uh, 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 obstructions to making your work, goes from physical aggressions would have happened. Can you give me some examples? Like, yeah, a, a policeman uh, uh, punched a, a reporter in a crime scene uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, th th there were other uh, reporters that were slightly uh, th that they were detained by the police for several hours while covering a murder homicide uh, scene in uh, in a market. Uh, these kind of things, uh, reporters already happening uh, since there's been this level of speech, uh, hate speech, I would say, against the press. Uh, this is going to the streets. So reporters were uh, threatened during the elections in 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 March. Uh, that kind of things. Right. So reporters are being threatened. Uh, they're not allowed to report on things like crime. Is that because uh, Naib does not want uh, crimes to be shown to the public? He wants uh, things to be spun in a certain way? I, I think they have a really careful communicational care of what they project as a government. And there's been also a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of obstructions and a lot of dismantling of the institutions that uh, promote transparency in El Salvador. Right. Uh, so uh, we don't have any dat data of how many COVID patients are in the hospitals, which is because it's being guarded by the government. We don't have um, uh, a lot of information is being restricted about the, the, the contracts that were uh, celebrated during the pandemics, the, the emergency buy, the, the, the supplies, the medical supplies. Uh, th there's a lot of information that's being withheld that was previously available, uh, and there are laws in El Salvador to, to, to allow that. Uh, but yeah, the, the, it's, it's all part of, of manufacturing a, a way of government and, and, and a style of government uh, that presents itself as it's doing everything well, which is never the course, uh, of course, which is never the case in any country. 
And it's certainly not the case in El Salvador. Right. Well, the difference is that in El Salvador, they're restricting the free, free speech that lets people know what the problems are. Right. I mean, at least in America, we can we can say that Trump is, a, is this or that Biden is this. We can talk kind of openly and freely. We can still talk. I'm openly and freely talking here, but there's uh, more and more and more consequences to, to, to doing so. More and more fear of doing so, which is uh, another characteristic of authoritarian regimes, uh, building or, or, or building fear in the community, building fear in any type of uh, dissent in the political uh, field, uh, which is, of course is a is a vicious cycle. Right, right. Because now everyone's afraid to speak out, and, and, and then, if no one speaks out, then if you're the only one speaking out, and you're, you're a target. You're a target, and also it happens with a lot of sources that sometimes before the, the, this attack increased, we're talking on the record, and now we are increasingly talking off the record. A right. lot of government sources, a lot of uh, people that were doing it, and and, and that are being. Uh, put in fear because of what might happen. Nelson, so uh, there's a lot of problems to free speech. We're at the Oslo Freedom Forum in Miami. Um, now, Bitcoin. So is Bitcoin going to save El Salvador okay. the way that Naib is using Bitcoin? I don't think Bitcoin is going to save any nation, not El Salvador. I think there's a paradox. And, and the Alex Gladstein did an essay, Gladstein from the Human Rights Foundation, which, That's right. of course, organizes this forum. They did a, uh, he did a, a, a very thorough essay on the uh, historic the, the history of, of currency uh, in El Salvador when we dollarized in 2001 and how it was imposed and how 20 years later now another currency uh, is being imposed. And, right. And, and there's a paradox of having a, a government with these characteristics and a, a, a government that seems more and more like an authoritarian regime uh, promoting a freedom uh, tool, uh, a tool for financial freedom. So uh, I think if you want Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin can have a lot of positive impact in El Salvador. It can attract investment. It can uh, give people access to a bank system if they are not. Uh, and, and all of this, I think it's true what people have said about Bitcoin, what crypto enthusiasts have said about Bitcoin. But it is not the complete uh, picture if you don't take into account that this is happening in a government of such and such characteristics in a country such and such as El Salvador. So, so let's talk about what actually happened in El Salvador. It's not that Bitcoin was simply made legal tender and that the government said you can now freely move money as you wish. Instead, the Naib made a wallet. He made a wallet and then he told the people of El Salvador they would get money for free, $30 US dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, can you describe this wallet? What's it called? What does it do? What is the real... Uh, life on the ground feeling of using this wallet in El Salvador? So the Chivo wallet was launched on September 7th and there were a lot of um, malfunctions at the start. Uh, uh, it was really rushed through. I mean, it, 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 if they really started to working on it uh, from June, it, they really only had three months. So this was probably expected to, right. to, to occur. Uh, but Bitcoin has been the first unpopular move from President Bukele in two years. And it, uh, it actually sparked street protests, numerous street protests, which is uh, like thousands of people in the streets, which is very weird for El Salvador. It was not only about Bitcoin, but it was the, like the Bitcoin sparked a lot of groups that are discontent with the Bukele government. What, what was the angle that here's a young dictator, he just got excited about Bitcoin and then just in, in, in a day he just flips and it's like everyone's going to get on board 
and he didn't really think things through, and it's not really going to help people. What, what, what's the angle there of being disappointed? I, I, I think that's some part of it, and I think that Bitcoin is a uh, tool for financial freedom, and it's a, it's a, it's a freedom movement, uh, very associated with the libertarians and, 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 and this kind of thing. So the thing was, El Salvador's government is not a private company. It's not a, 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 a trust fund or some, some sort. Right. And when they say that they are investing in Bitcoin, what they're actually saying is we are all investing in Bitcoin because right. we, we are all taxpayers. Right. Uh, so people didn't like that uh, the, the idea that the president was gambling with taxpayer money, which is how a lot of people see Bitcoin, like a virtual casino of some sort. Yeah. Uh, it, it's certainly an speculative asset. Yes. Uh, so people didn't like that. People didn't like that they are taking money that could go towards health or education, and they're investing in this public policy that is supposed to help El Salvador in a, in a sort of way that it's not really clear at the moment. So this is one of the protests. Uh, the other thing is that it's being imposed, and people don't like that they're being imposed. And the other thing is that it touches uh, on the wallet of Salvadorans. Uh, right. and, and, and when you go into someone's pockets, it, it's likely that they will act out. Right. Uh, and people are afraid that maybe the government is doing this because it's using it as a leverage uh, with the U.S. government that's putting right. pressure and, and maybe uh, jeopardizing the dollar influx to the country. Right. Uh, 20% of the, the economy in the country is uh, sent by remittances by Salvadorans that live here. Three million people live in, in, in the United States, right. uh, Salvadorans. Uh, so th th there's a lot of fear and there's, there's even fears of... if. Bitcoin is going to be used to pay for salaries and people right. really are, are not that. And so what you were saying about the implementation, there's like 200 Chivo uh, ATMs in, in the country and people are lining up and the government was uh, saying that the, 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 the lines outside of the ATMs are a way of showing uh, or a way of, I don't know. Uh, showing show the success. Yes. And it's actually quite the contrary because the people that are lining up at the ATMs are people that are trying to withdraw the right. Bitcoin as dollars. They don't want Bitcoin. No, they want dollars. Right, because you know Bitcoin goes up and down every day. You know when when Bitcoin officially became legal tender in El Salvador, the next day, the same day, uh, it dropped. What what did it drop? Fifteen percent in Something a single like that, day. Yeah. Fifteen percent. Now to lose fifteen percent of all of your value, uh, this is not something that I think is is okay. The people of El Salvador. If you're living day to day, if you're trying to make thing, you know, make uh, uh, what's it called, ends meet. If you're trying to figure about out how to send your kids to school and pay for all these things, you cannot gamble, right? But Naib wants to gamble, and so now everyone has to gamble, and that's essentially what's happened. That's a really uh, a comprehensive view, and, and and it's something as what has happened. I mean, you have to understand that El Salvador, uh, there is a a country where maybe 30 or 40 percent of people are poor uh most of the transactions don't happen even in in, in credit card or or they happen in cash and, and people and that's u.s dollars right u.s dollars yes, yes yeah, since yeah. 2001 uh and then people uh only have what what they need for the day to day and they they go to work and then they eat with what they made that day right that, that, that's kind of the country so uh saying uh, uh I don't know, stash your Bitcoin, save it, uh, buy the dip, the, yeah. the, this kind of thing. It really doesn't make sense for a lot of Salvadorans who don't have uh, money to save away, to put away in an investment and expect the Bitcoin price to go up right. to cash the reward. 
do, do you find that there's this weird aspect where white people who are wealthy are essentially applauding a dictator for putting speculative casino chips and casino gambling on a people that really don't want to gamble? I don't, I wouldn't paint a broad brush with it. I, I, I wouldn't generalize, but I think there's certainly the case that, that some of them are. Uh, I wrote a story, uh, you know, Brock Pierce, former child actor, now crypto investor. Sure. Uh, he threw a party in a, a hotel, in a beach hotel in El Salvador the night that, that the Bitcoin beach, the Bitcoin law was launched. Uh, Logan Paul was there. Uh, um, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. The, the guy who sells NFTs on Twitter. That guy, the boxer, yes. now, now boxer, now former boxer. YouTuber. Uh, he was there and then they, and he, his friend who, uh, his Instagram name is Dwarf Mamba, something like that. Sure, sure. He, he was there also. Uh, so, the, and they threw a party and, and Brock Pierce gave a speech in the party and he said that a government was uh, betting on transparency and, 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 and being uh, uh, accountable. Right. And, and I was at the party and I was like, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I, 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 uh, the impression I had was that a lot of that people surrounding him uh, didn't really have a, a clear idea of what El Salvador really was and, were, and, and only were there because of the... Uh, because of the business. I think people... Because uh, of Bitcoin. Because of Bitcoin. And, because and we're all going to get rich. Because we're all going to get rich. And, on the back of El Salvador. And it doesn't matter if El Salvador goes well with it or not. Because uh, it's good for Bitcoin. It's good for Bitcoin. Yeah. Everything is good for Bitcoin. So dictator says he's going to force at gunpoint people to use Bitcoin. This is good for Bitcoin. Yeah, I think that's a, 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 a really uh, selfish way of thinking about Bitcoin. And I would argue, I'm not a Bitcoin connoisseur, but I would argue that it is contradictory to the principles in what Bitcoin is based it seems like right now it's hard to tell when someone is genuinely excited about helping freedom and someone is just wants to make money. This mm. is the challenge right now in cryptocurrency because everyone says they want to help. No one says, I'm just here to make a ton of money. They all say, I want to help. And when they say help, they all, often point to people in Africa, people in India. They point to poor people. But in reality, it looks like a lot of the big money and the motivation is for people in the West, people that are developed to make money. Do you think it's difficult for a conference like this that cares about freedom to have this, this kind of questionable, maybe a little bit confusing interlock between making money and helping? I think uh, this conference is a great space for having, for sparking this type of conversations. Right. Uh, that that uh, making money is not bad in itself. Of course not. Uh, it's 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 uh, ambition. It's it's good. It's what makes the world go round in some sort of way. We all yes. go to work. We all uh, want our salaries. Uh, but you have to think things in consideration. You cannot be uh, the white savior that arrives to a a, a beach uh, and and say, "Oh, this is going to save you," or or this is right. you're all going to get rich if you just invest in my scheme, which is how a lot of people see. Crypto in Salvador, like a that's great to hear from you that people realize that's what it is because I definitely think that's what it is. I mean, in, in a sense, it's hard to see like you know everyone buys Bitcoin, Bitcoin goes up in price. It only keeps going up if ever if more people buy in. And the question is, are are you going to be the last person to buy in, or are you going to be too late? And I think it's good to know that El Salvador doesn't want to be. Uh, the last person. No, there's a lot of skepticism. I mean, Bukele's is still hugely popular, like 85% of approval in the last... And, and But people... Uh, I mean, when you mess with people's pockets, there's going to be a reaction. 
Uh, and that's why what people are seeing it uh, even uh, in, in among the the base of Bukele, the, the, uh, his political base. There's a lot of skepticism going around uh, uh, about uh, Bitcoin. There was a lot of skepticism and critical critics uh, towards Brock Pierce and his entourage uh, and, and, and to, uh, to 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 these kind of projects. Uh, I think that the thing in El Salvador is that the discussion has entangled. If you're a, a pro-Bitcoin, then you're pro-Bukele. Right. If you're anti-Bitcoin, you're anti-Bukele. And, 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 and it's not as black and white. Yes. Uh, it's, it's got this whole number of, of, of things that we have discussed and talked about. Uh, and, and yeah, it's really interesting to see. And, and it's also really early to judge how is it going to work. Maybe it will become the Silicon Valley of Central America and attract a whole of, uh, investment. Gee, I would like for that to happen. Yeah, sure. um, maybe I would transfer my allegiance from a news company to, to one of these entrepreneurs. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, we still have to wait for that to happen, and we don't have to. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think you have. To, you have to have so much faith in a in a in a person. Maybe the, the, it, it, it's business and it's politics. It's not a religion. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I definitely feel that Bitcoin can be a religion for a lot of people. I feel it's very strong in that way. Uh, do you feel that being at a, at a conference like this? I felt sort of like that in the in the party. Uh, I actually titled it like the Bitcoin budget, uh, evangelist take El Salvador or something like that. So it's like Mormons, but with Bitcoin. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not feeling it as much in here because I think there's much more debate and much more critical views about it. Uh, right. And then, uh, and I think that's positive. And even if uh, if the motives of the president aren't clear, uh, the fact that he uh, put El Salvador in the map and that all this attention is positive for the country because it makes people uh, realize and, and listen to some of the other issues that surround the country. Right. And, 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 and speaking of some of the issues, I mean, I just wanted to go back to the Chivo wallet. So uh, there were rumors that, like, when it started, when it launched, uh, places like McDonald's had, had taken the time to set things up, but when it actually got going, people couldn't even use the Chivo wallet at a McDonald's. Tell me about that. It was, I, I don't know exactly what McDonald's is using. I know McDonald's is taking Bitcoin. I don't know if they are using the Chivo wallet. I don't think they were. I think that was the problem, right? And, 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 and there's a lot of people that are using it, and they are using other wallets. I mean, uh, the Bitcoin Beach wallet is very popular in El Salvador. Um, Binance, Moon Wallet, whatever. There's there's a lot of, of, of different wallets in the market that people are, are using. Uh, the Chivo Wallet had a lot of technical difficulties, had a lot of, of mishaps, uh, had a lot of, 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 of people that were complaining on social media that this didn't work, that the machine didn't give them their dollars when they tried to withdraw, that the, that the transactions were not being recorded. Or that they lost money, like people were saying that, that money was taken out of their wallet. Or that they lost money. And, and, and also the security issues. For, you, for to, have, to sign up for the Chivo Wallet, you have to sign in with your ID number in Salvador. Right. Uh, and then uh, there's a lot of people complaining that their IDs have been uh, stolen, that have been, uh, uh, not stolen, but their ID numbers have been used to open other Chivo wallets to, gotcha. to collect the $30, $30. bonds. Uh, so there's a lot of that, and, 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 and there's a lot of security issues of the sort, uh, and that's kind of what's still happening at the moment. Right. Now, the other problem is that when you hold money in your Chivo wallet, it's not really your money, right? If you don't have the keys... If you don't have the keys, it's not your money. So when that $30, how do you withdraw that money? 
Are you allowed to withdraw it immediately? So the, that's the thing that people, uh, the president said to that the, the, the $30 bonus was not going to be able, people were not going to be able to collect it. Right. Uh, but people uh, realized that the, if they traded the, the, the $30 with someone and they, they traded it back, uh, in a couple of times that it kind of unlocked the money and then they were able to, 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 un to, to unlock uh, to withdraw the money. So, right. so essentially you have a family, they all send the money around the table. And, and then, then they all withdraw it. And then they all withdraw it. Um, so when they withdraw it, they depend on essentially Bukele like agreeing to let them withdraw it. Because if he doesn't let them withdraw it, uh, their Bitcoin is not, it's not really their Bitcoin, right? It's, it's in this centralized custodial app. Yeah. Right? Yes. So um, the, the, the concern there is that, you know, who knows if he really has this Bitcoin? Who knows if he will justly appropriate the Bitcoin to the people of El Salvador or if he will simply have it for himself and then maybe he decides to use that as leverage to buy something for himself. You know, um, th th this is a bit of a concern. Is, is the wallet open source? Is it available for anyone to see? It's not open source. So it's uh, not open source? No, and, and, and there's really... Um, so the company that created the Chivo wallet is a company that was created with public funds in El Salvador. Right. Uh, we published about this in El Faro, and the people that manage that company are members of the Bukele Party. Right. Uh, so it's really kind of uh, 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 the business of, of one political party. Uh, there's not information about how much money it costs, uh, of how many employees is it operating. And because it's a private company set up for, by the government, it, there's less and less opportunities of... Uh, of ask, asking questions about the money and because it's a private because company. It's a private company, right? So, but it's a friend of Bukele. So it's a fr I don't. It's a member of the, his party and uh, someone that worked with him uh, when he was the mayor of San Salvador. Okay, so it seems like someone who has at least the connection with yes. him. Yes. Right. Um, now, another interesting thing was that uh, he allowed people to switch the Bitcoin ba ba balance to the U.S. dollar balance. Uh, what's happening there when someone clicks? sell or convert what is going on i'm i'm gonna be honest with that because i, I i'm not really sure i'm not really uh, uh as savvy in the technical issues or the technological issues uh but i would bet that there's a lot of people that are savvy in technology in the server that cannot uh, also cannot answer that question there it, there's a really a cloud of mystery kind of surrounding yeah, an, the an whole iron operation curtain, right a veil of of, of mystery something it's not open source. It's not clear to the public. So when someone just clicks a button and it says convert to U.S. dollars, it just for free, allegedly for free, you have your $31 of Bitcoin because maybe the price went up. And so they switch it to 31 U.S. dollars on paper and in your wallet. In theory, that's what happened. But it's, it's kind of a black box process that you don't really know what's going on. Right. Uh, in that sort of sense, yeah. And, and, and the tr challenge and the trick is that, you know, someone might do this, but then again, how do they get the real U.S. dollars? And by real U.S. dollars, I mean cash. Yeah, like, like the only way to get the cash is, or the way that people are using is using the Chivo ATMs right. uh, that are distributed throughout the country. But there's also a lot of technical issues with them. Sometimes they're not working. Sometimes... Uh, they're not giving out the money. Uh, the, 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 there's a lot of kinks still to be worked out. Yeah, and in, in your estimation, most people are get, are getting out of the Bitcoin. So they got the free money. They're trying to get out. People are understanding it as a subsidy. There's uh, uh, There has not been a poll of this, but there have been several uh, news articles that state that people are using it as a, viewing it as a, as a governmental aid and just withdrawing it 
and using it. They're not taking the Bitcoin and, and trading in it. Uh, and I would say I would say that still trading in Bitcoin is kind of an exotic endeavor right. in El Salvador. It's not really that you're gonna go on the bus and the bus driver is gonna take Bitcoin for for the, right. It's it's uh, it's still early stages. Again, this hasn't. I think it's gonna be a month in a couple of days. Uh, but it's very uh, slow in the adaptation. Now, uh, El Salvadorians are forced to accept Bitcoin. So if someone owns a small coffee shop of some kind and some kid walks in and says, I want to pay with Bitcoin, um, is that something that you think the, the, the coffee shop owner is going to feel that they have to help this person, they have to accept the Bitcoin? It's, it's in the law. law the law says it's mandatory, the, 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 the controversial article. Has anyone, has article anyone suffered seven. from not obeying the law? No, not, not yet. I think uh, it's not being enforced. I mean, yeah. we... we uh, El Salvador is not a country that, that strictly follows the laws or the rule of law. So this is a law that's written, approved, and passed in, 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 uh, currently in El Salvador, but it's not being enforced. Nobody is being uh, punished by not, for not accepting Bitcoin, and the government has uh, changed the messaging to be it's completely optional, right. although, although they haven't changed the text of the law that says it's mandatory. Gotcha. Now, going back to the coffee shop example... Uh, people are probably reluctant or at least not very excited to have customers come in and give them Bitcoin because now that's on them to figure out how to convert to U.S. dollars, right? So, I mean, how, how does that feel? Do you, do you observe people accepting Bitcoin? People are, 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 are catching up. There are people that are accepting Bitcoin. People, they say, well, if someone's going to pay in that, I don't want to lose that part of the business. It's sure. not a lot of, in the moment, but people are catching up. And there are also... Uh, business opportunities for companies that are offering uh, solutions to companies and small uh, shops and businesses uh, to be able to to accept Bitcoin and to and to uh, integrate it into their into their financial cash flow. Okay, interesting. So there are people that are starting to get yeah. interested in, and and use it. Um, where do you see this going uh, in, in in the long term for El Salvador? Um, for example, we know that Bitcoin historically has had massive up in price and then followed by long downward uh, price movements. Uh, if, hypothetically, um, there was a severe downward price movement for many, many months, uh, do you think that this would be a, uh, a permanent stain for the people of El Salvador, that they would look at this and say, you know, look, it's, it's the money that always goes down, essentially, because they, they show up, price goes down. I think it's very hard to predict and something as Bitcoin that is constantly changing. It's a, oh, yeah. the, the, the technology is uh, it's not itself in its final form. There's constant innovations. And I think uh, that's one factor. And the other one is I think that El Salvador's government, their plan is not, uh, it's not uh, fully developed or fully announced yet. Right. Uh, in El Faro, we published uh, uh, some conversations that the Bukele administration had with crypto investors uh, talking about the national cryptocurrency right. that was called uh, initially Colon Dollar. Uh, so to, uh, some sort of Salvadoran Petro or some sort of Salvadoran cryptocurrency. Right. Uh, so if the, the, when we published it, they said that the, this was a discarded idea before the Bitcoin law. Right. But we know that it has been on the table and it might come on the table again. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if we establish a, couple, a, a national cryptocurrency that changes the panorama and that changes the horizon because it, it shifts the focus from Bitcoin to that cryptocurrency. Right. Uh, it depends on 
whether the U.S. administration, the Biden administration will sanction uh, the Bukele government financially. It depends on uh, a lot of different things. So it's really hard to predict in the moment because there are a lot of things on balance. And really depends on what Naib wants because he has his opinions and they change quickly, as it seems. The, I was just talking to Nick Carter, who's a speaker in this uh, crypto investor, Nick Carter. Uh, he held a space the night that their Bitcoin law was being passed in Salvador. Yeah. And President Bukele and his brothers connected to that space. Yeah. And they gave explanations in English to an American audience and not to Salvadorans again. Uh, but uh, Nick Carter kind of pitched the idea or presented the idea of mining to him. And then uh, Bukele said that they had never thought about it. And then the next day he said, no, we just discovered this uh, geothermal energy. And then the, and, and now we're mining. And now Salvador is mining. So... Uh, at, at a loss, I hear. Uh, yes, at a loss. Well, uh, that, that, that's to what the they people. reported. Yeah. So, uh, so really essentially, he goes on a Twitter spaces, some 24-year-old kid gives him an idea, and now he's... Uh, Great idea, public and now policy. now he's ready to do monetary policy for 6 million El Salvadorians. Or, I'm sorry, is it 6 million, 9 million? 6 million, yeah. 6 million El Salvadorians. Okay, so this doesn't seem like the stable way to, to run a country. This doesn't seem like the stable way. But, but, it, it's but not. Ironically, it gives credibility to a lot of insane people in the space. I mean, a lot of people in the space who think they can change the world and do all these, all these things. When you have a dictator, when you have a person who really runs a country, and he just says, boom, it's the law now, everyone goes around saying, Bitcoin is the future for sure. Look at El Salvador. Right? Exactly. So it's justifying this. So in, in an interesting way... Uh, Naib is using the Bitcoiners to give himself credibility. And the Bitcoiners, Bitcoiners are, using. are using El Salvador to give themselves credibility. Precisely. Okay. Well, this seems like a very positive uh, <laughs> chapter in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's very surreal and it's very uh, postmodern, I will say. <laughs> I love that term postmodern because, uh, you know, it's, it's used so correctly to describe a lot of the craziness that happens. Um, well, let me just t say, I've had six interviews so far. This is the best one uh, <laughs> by, by a hands down. I, I like it because uh, I know that you're not bullshitting me because you are from El Salvador. <laughs> you're not just uh, pitching an idea. You're, you're telling it, uh, telling it uh, as it is. Is there anything you want to tell people, you know, the average person that's listening, that wants to invest in crypto, that's hearing positive things about Bitcoin in El Salvador? Now Brazil said something, something about a Bitcoin law. What do you say to those people as an actual El Salvadorian person, journalist on the ground? Uh, by all means, come to El Salvador. And by all means, if you're trying to invest, think in El Salvador. But do not do it if you don't consider the whole context. And if, you don't, if you're not willing to do it in a way that's sustainable, uh, that's fair to the Salvadoran workers that you might be contracting uh, or, or, or hiring, uh, and, and think about it not uh, only as your business or a way of making money fast, but also as a way that your uh, investment or your supporting of this type of government might have an impact on, uh, on the lives of millions of people. Excellent. Well, I'm with Nelson Rauda from El Salvador. Uh, where can people follow you? Where can they read your work? Uh, we can, uh, uh, the, the El Faro website is uh, elfaro.net, e L, uh, my spelling is horrible, elfaro.net. Uh, is that F-A-R-R-O? Yeah, it's E-L-F-A-R-O.net. Oh, just one R, excellent, .net. And I'm on Twitter also as uh, raudas, R-A-U-D-A-C underscore.
Uh, C underscore. Yep. Perfect. Raudas. Um, excellent. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. And, oh, th uh, thank you. I've enjoyed the conversation in this uh, beautiful landscape here. Yeah, we're, we're right here in Miami. It's very beautiful. Um, yeah, well, it's been a real pleasure. And that was my conversation with Nelson Rauda. Again, if you'd like to follow his work, please check out elfaro.net. That's E-L-F-A-R-O dot net. Or follow him on Twitter. That's at Raudas. That's at R-A-U-D-A-Z underscore. As always, follow me on Twitter at Milner underscore Aviv. That's at M-I-L-N-E-R underscore A-V-I-V for tweets only about the latest releases of the podcast. Thanks as always.